First of all, on this is how we send us angered. Yeah. I was planning to record like at nine, but I understand, I understand your fellowship and all that, but I just usually make yeah. a joke to people when they're late. So I, I embarrass them a little bit. I mean, I get that. I definitely get that because if you have slated something and you have to get into it, at least yeah. be on time. That's exactly. what I usually say, but today, yikes. <laughs> When you told me fellowship, I respect fellowship. I'm I'm hoping it was church, right? Like church fellowship. Of course, yes, it's we, church. Well, when it was church fellowship, I won't do anything because I, I can't mess with God. You know, God, yeah, is <laughs> high above. So you respect that. But what if it was like creative fellowship? Because now we're seeing more communities in Uganda doing that. So you end up finding fellowships on Sundays. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly God best, but it's definitely spiritual for some people. I'll still respect if it means something to you. Like, but then we we gotta be like on an understanding where like if you made a program with somebody, whatever. If if it if it means something to them, I'll respect it. I'll respect if it's it. It's important. So okay, so the respect is very subjective. Because, like, I, I mean, I would say the, our interview would be so important to me, to you, to both of us, you know, like, but you understand, like, in your case, like, you understand. So if it's similar to that, definitely, even if it's not God, what way you are longer, you didn't plan it and it just happened. Yeah, I mean, life does that sometimes. Like, you mm-hmm. actually wake up in the morning, like, this is what we're going to do, ta-ta-ta-ta. And then in the afternoon, everything just goes haywire. And... Especially in Uganda. For Uganda, Yo. it's a program. Like you have your program and then yes, something I, else. I feel like our systems are really designed like that because you actually think you'll be able to do things to the like to the book and be like, okay, we'll do this and then do that. And then we'll break it down and do this later. But things will happen. And before you know it, yeah. You finna get home and <laughs> you won't even know how it's sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Every time I come back to Uganda, I tell a friend, hang in a committee, I want to then we'll do this. But before even I leave home, you reach like halfway yeah. and then there's traffic. And then you spend three hours in traffic. And then the next, you know, the person you told to meet at five, he has another plan. So something ends up like just canceling it. So. Yeah, I understand to that point, and I'm glad we started with that. Mujebale, mujebale, mujebale. My name is Bane Kibuka, and welcome to another episode of the Ugandan Ball Talk Show. Before we start this part, because I know we already started, Sangairo Kubona. But I'll teach you something. Okay. Uh, the way my father greets hey, after we say Cordeo, we say mm-hmm. Amakobo. Like, what's the news? Yeah. Amakobo, what? Yeah, Amakobo. You just say, oh, Amakobo. Okay. Then there you can either say, Ezira, if there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Or you break it down and tell the person what happened to you on the way. Because it's basically oh. saying what happened to you while you were getting here. Oh, I love, I love to learn different languages. Um, So that's why I, I knew those. There's some, I, I had to go to Google to confirm that it's exactly what I knew. But I had to, like, I don't want to yeah. embarrass myself. 
How many uh, Ugandan languages can you speak? Not fluent. On most of them, I can just like greet. Like I know just how to greet, like just from a word. Jebariko, like something like that. Um, mm. But I speak Luganda, English. But I speak Swahili because my mom is Kenyan. Oh, um, okay. So I speak Swahili, Luganda, and English, and a little bit of Kalenjin because my mom is Kalenjin in Kenya. So that's that's a tribe. That's a diverse option set for languages. Personally, I try with okay most Ugandan languages too, but mainly Soga, Luganda, a little Nyankwer because you know you can have those friends that can't just stop talking in their language around you, yeah. <laughs> and those are mainly Nyankwer. Yeah. Even if you don't understand the conversation, they're going to show you that we don't care that you're here mm-hmm. as we're going to talk. Yeah. And I also would love to tap into like northern languages. Mm. Yeah, but the way uh there's a way uh Ugandan languages are set up in such a way that you can't really understand what somebody from another tribe is saying. Because even it's funny, most people say Lusoga is like Luganda. Mm-hmm. Luganda is like Soga because you meet a, a person who speaks Luganda and they'll tell you how come you can't speak Luganda it's like Lusoga and you're Musoga and you're like yeah but if I told you something in my language trust me it's very very possible that you may not understand it and the best story for this it's a story that my father also likes to tell whereby there was this lady she was serving somebody at like a small restaurant, you know those Mufunda restaurants mm-hmm. in Kampala, and this this lady is getting the order, and the guy was like, "Hey, wekaza." Now in Lusoga, wekaza means thank you, but in Uganda, mm. it's something completely different. So, <laughs> so there was like a whole squabble over just yeah. something that minor, and we've also like heard stories of Lusoga people getting big time issues with like Baganda or people from other tribes because of the switch in our language. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really I don't say no. Lusoga and Uganda they're really different. That's how most people said it, and that's how I perceived it. That's how I thought, and that's what I've been telling people. Like, oh, Lusoga and Uganda, there are some words that are similar, but. To prove that, like when I told you I went to Google to verify, I went on to yeah. read other words. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Like if somebody had said that to me, like I wouldn't understand. Like there are other words that I was trying to read to in the language. I'm like, I wouldn't have understood that. I like the, yeah. the way the cultural diversity is evolving in Uganda. Because before we didn't really have much information about yeah. our culture on the internet. But now there are more websites that actually include the stories, the exactly. conversations, and now flashcards. Ah, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they. So there's a lot of people like for us who live in the diaspora. Like we want to mostly like if you have kids, you've given birth to kids in America, you want them to learn your local language. These things are very useful, like for you to like. Like learn to teach your kids if you want to, you know. But anyway, I wanted to start that because I know you're from Ginger, and through watching you, what well, we're gonna talk about today, like the, your journey in Miss Uganda, um, I've wa- I watched all of you guys. I had some friends who were contesting in there too, um. So I knew you're from Ginger, and by your name, I'm I assumed, but I knew like I, I'm 
she's a Musoge. So I was like, when I'm prepping for this, I'm going to go for Lusoge. Sometimes it's been wrong. So you, you read somebody's name and you think they're this tribe and actually they're not. And then you get embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to me too. Because, okay, I, I also open most conversations with like the whole tribal conversation, especially among people from the diaspora, Ugandans from the diaspora, because it's easier to connect mm -hmm. and seeing how there's a cultural transition happening. We're seeing so many people from the diaspora wanting to know what's happening and tapping into their villages. So you meet somebody and you're so confident. You're like, my dude, <laughs> how is <laughs> You can even use the language. Yeah. And they'll tell you, oh, no, I'm actually from here, here. So, yeah, I definitely get that. Yeah, but for years, I was 100% sure. And when I saw Miss Uganda East, or like I knew like everything is just confirming it. So I, I was like, I'm confident with that. So I'll go with that. But you were also like Miss Talent Uganda. And now when I saw that, I have a question first before I continue to say what I was going to say. When you won Miss Uganda, Miss Talent, is it something they voted for? Is it something they just look at you on what you do as a person? How was that like? How did you get the title of Miss Talent? And just not in details, but just like the process of that. Well, there's a talent show that happens and it's an actual competition in the pageant and it has its own weekend. So basically the ladies have to come, either you do group projects or single and you have to showcase your talent. And then the talent that shines best is the one that's picked. But also, okay, at least that's the idea I'm getting. But I also believe maybe the engagement during the, the boot camp because uh -huh. I'm a very musical and dancing tuned person. So every day I was like dancing. So maybe that's where they got it from. <laughs> That is crazy, and I think that's the best answer too, and confirms what I was going to say, because following you on your social media, and what I know a little bit about you, you're so talented, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing that, like, you're dancing, you're a radio host, you were, like, training people, you were, like, working out, you were, like, uh, going to church, or singing, or, like, everything, I'm like, that explains why she won Oh, Miss Talent, because like there's a lot of talent in you. One person with all these a million things that are surrounding you that you get to do. And most of those things, we're going to talk about them today. But I wanted to put that out there because to remind people, like, you want Miss Talent, and these are all the talents, like everything she does. And that's cool that you get to showcase your talent out there. I want to start with dancing. How did you, like, get into dancing? And what's the passion of of dancing like where did that come from i've always been dancing i sometimes i even tell my mom and ask her are you sure i came out normally because i'm confident i could have come out dancing yeah. <laughs> ever since i could remember and considering I, I grew up with asthma my parents felt like i needed to be physically active so i was always doing sports i was always on stage because Aside from wanting to do it out of love, I knew this was a channel of healing for me. It was a way to help my respiratory system. So I started dancing with my little sisters at the second out of five. And we had a crew called the Bateza Dance Crew. <laughs> it was good, good times, good times. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd entertain at family events. We would just always have a blast, weddings, my family, get-togethers. That's 
how we really got into it. And my mom would also support us. I've got really supportive parents. I'm so grateful for them. And she would make outfits. She would, it was like a whole setup. So yeah. I think the background is really well-founded. That is really good to have supportive uh, parents. And it could be tough when your parents are not supporting your talents or your dreams or like they don't see anything good coming out of that. But whenever you have a supportive parent, it helps you to love it and continue to do it. You've done a lot of videos like on your Instagram, on like YouTube, anywhere. But one video that stands out and like most people will know that went viral, like the new song, the song of nana project with uh baraka how did yeah. you learn to and, and like i said you've done a lot of dance videos that's not the only one you've done but i'm gonna just spotlight that one um because that's what a lot of people might know at this time how did you learn to that opportunity and how was the whole process doing that well joshua and i are friends like we're actually really close friends we've been friends for about two years yeah, so we also connect a lot through the urban music events that happen around Kampala and in Uganda. So over time, we just used to see each other around. It's like, oh, what's up? I see you. I see you. Oh, okay. And I'll listen to his music, and he's got an amazing sound. One day, we actually had a conversation on the radio show, and we're talking about Watershed, the last EP that he released. And then one day he texts me like, ah, oh, how are you doing? I want us to talk about projects. And that's how Nana came to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, we're very, we're close friends. So that's how it came about. So yeah, now you go ahead and do Nana. What was, how did you feel of filming it? And how did you feel after it came out? So, okay, this is a very funny thing. Uh, we shot Nana just. I think a day before the Miss Uganda Eastern Regional Audition. And how I got into Miss Uganda, it was really just my little sister deciding, you know, do this. You're going to go for Miss Uganda. I'm like, no. She's like, you're going for Miss Uganda. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. But I told her I have a project I'm shooting. And maybe after that, we can get into it. She's like, don't worry. It's not going to coincide or anything. So we get into shooting. Uh, the makeup was done by the Sununu effect. Very beautiful. Oh, God. I looked like a goddess. I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. She did it. Yeah. And, of course, the set designer, they did a great job. And the uh, fashion designer, Aisha Iwase, and she was assisted by Julia Sefe, an amazing artist. And they really brought Nana to life because most people think Nana is just one person. But Nana is a project, like we call mm-hmm. it. It's Joshua's vocals and Prince. Prince is the director. His vision. And we also have the team behind Joshua Baraka. But we also have Aisha Iwase, the designer. She really had the eye for detail. Like, oh, this necklace is out of place. Or this is the outfit that's going to capture the home effect. So I was on that set and I'm thinking... Yes, this is why we are here. This is why we are creative, guys. Thank you. <laughs> was that like your first big project to do or no? It depends on what you call big. Because right. big is very good. But okay. yeah, definitely. On a grand scale, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I enjoyed it. And 
yeah, you mentioned because it was that time I saw you in Michigan and I'm like, this is the girl I saw in this project. This is so it was like comparing, like I've seen her somewhere, like something like that. Now, yeah, yeah it was great. Uh, the song was great. Um, everything came out really good. I'm glad, like, you sent a shout out to all the people that were behind it. And for us, people who see this song, we can just see it after it's done, but we never get to see people behind that so that's why when i say nana i just don't call it a song it's like a whole project like yeah i love that you've acknowledged that because most media spaces are very narrow-minded they just hyper focus on the products that they yeah. see they don't see the amount of time it's spent in the studio or the people who are behind the scenes trying to make it happen mm -hmm. i was actually just talking with one of my close friends today about how the setup can look so good but then there are wires all over the place nobody gets to see what's going on behind that's, the scenes that's, that's what is here in my studio like the thing i have a camera here i have a camera here so like people don't see these wires that the lights that exactly. are all over the place. We yeah just we, we just end up thinking talking and we're thinking oh, okay nice yeah we love the content but i, I even don't like the word content it content, pisses yeah. me off so much <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what would you replace it with? Like if you don't if you don't like it? I'll call it maybe something like value. Mm. Like you shall they say content creator, it's a value creator. Because there's already value that's in that thing that the content they are making. Content has been just narrowly packaged into this whole thing of a video or photo or an article. But if we're looking at it as value, then maybe we won't be called to demand so much of artists and creatives. Because I'm even part of content creation communities where it's like, you have to put out a video every two days. You have to do this. That's your content. Ah, nah, 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 nah. Which are very good strategies. Yes, they actually work. It's guaranteed for success. But then we're not just going to reduce our creative down to what they make. Mm -hmm. I'm just content. Give us content. Ah, we need content. Those are Ugandan. Yeah. So it's like really respect what the person is packing. Mm -hmm. This is not the content. Fine, it's what you're seeing, but there's so much value and effort that has gone through this. Exactly. That and also like for me, the other side of it is like people who critique. I like critic critics. Uh, they help you to be better. But I want a critic who acknowledges at least what you've done so far at the point. Because, like, somebody will be quick to criticize, but they don't know, like, you've struggled hard to even get to that semi-good work that you're putting out there. And, like, if they encourage that, yeah. they say, oh, this, this is good, you've done this good, and the next time you will be able to do this. Like, that's how I would like somebody. To, but some people just come out of there with negativity, and they just end up affecting people who are creating work. But you're not to leave the part of the, the Nana project. Have you, I know you have, I'm not even gonna ask you, have you seen, you've seen the video of Prim. Prim is a good friend of mine. I I like her so much. Um, she's a great content like we've been talking about. And one day I was like, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. She posts this, okay, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna remake the dance moves that were Nana song and she yeah. puts out there i was laughing i laughed i remember message her and like i reshared it on my page because she's 
funny. <laughs> I know you said that. What, what, what did you think when you saw Prim's uh, remake of Nana? So, the funny thing is, I think I saw it two weeks after she had made it. I don't know how I'd not seen it sooner. And it's someone who sent it to me on WhatsApp. They texted me and they're like, you have a challenger. There's someone who's taking you out. Hey, I'm like, this you know like let's see this and then i got to instagram and i actually froze and died i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> she's so effortlessly hilarious i followed her instantly i just like that somebody can you know most women okay most women just there's this where they perceive themselves that some okay some i don't say most because i've not met most women but the ones i've met some of them are sort of limited in the way they view themselves and how they put themselves out. Like they're, they're going to want to put out exactly what you're putting out. And yes, mm-hmm. they could do it in whatever way they feel called to do it and still be relevant and still look good and still be entertaining, especially in the field of the creatives. So I just love that. She brought a whole different spin to it. And it just made my day, honestly. <laughs> It did the same way to me, like, and I, I hosted her on the podcast. I have an episode with her where she's just talking about her life and the content she does and their whole show that they do, the unpopular opinion. And, yeah, I love it. And it, I asked her this question that, have you ever thought about, a, thought about being a stand-up comedian? Because even if when you go through her Instagram, like, the reels she makes, some of them are just funny. I'm like, you should, you should be a stand-up comedian. But she doesn't think she's that funny to do stand-up comedy. But I, I definitely think I would, I would go to see Prem in stand-up comedy if she decided to do that. I would too. And the, the thing about comedians is that if I respect the most, first and foremost, to be confident enough to make people laugh, yeah. for you to even think that make people laugh, that's like an OG feat. But to see Prem putting out that organic sense mm-hmm. but funny blend is just something i would also pay to watch <laughs> but if you ever thought about it trust me um i know i'm gonna be in that audience hyping her up all the way <laughs> yeah for sure um so yeah you did the project and like i said i'm gonna break down all these talents that you have in one person that you've been doing and then and then uh, uh we, we'll talk about miss uganda which i'll save the best for the last that's that's part. Um, but I've also seen you like on a radio as a radio host. Um, is that something you do? Um, is it something that just came out for a short time? What is that in your life? Okay, so I did journalism and mass communication. And uh, okay. no, no, in India, lovely professional university. Oh. So with that sort of space, it just showed me how limitless creating and using media can be. You can be different parts of yourself in a different way on different types of media and radio is one of the oldest forms of digital media if we had to talk about it so i got a chance to work with title radio it's an online radio based in kampala and what i loved the most about it was that it was a space of discovery i was just coming from an episode of severe anxiety so to step in front of a microphone and just talk, not knowing who's listening, and you're just voicing your opinions. 
I love that space. I love and appreciate that Taido believes in me. They give me a show. They let me interview people. And you know, most radios are going to want you to interview like top top celebrities. Of course, yeah, that that would be nice. But they also gave me a chance to interview some of my friends. Like mm-hmm. I could just have a conversation with my friend and I'm like, yo, this guy is so smart. What are you doing on Thursday? Let's drink up. Let's have a conversation on the yeah. radio. I feel like that was a very good way to engage with a community and just let people know that you don't have to be somebody in mm-hmm. order to put out a message or to mm-hmm. have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So right now, radio is on hold for me because of the Michigan, the duties. Trying to see how best I can support my region during this time. So I'm always in on the move to ginger to see how best we can go so that's why radio has been on a pause for me for now that's great that um you you talked about the things you liked about radio and the opportunities came with interview your friends and that's how i look at it when i do like a podcast like it's it's something i create for myself i love talking to people i love getting to know people i love for other people to hear another person's story because like this is so cool y'all need to listen to this and like when i release this episode i'm like oh my god i just recorded a cool episode with this person y'all should go listening because i'm so excited that i got this cool information that i want other people to listen to that i feel like somebody else it's going to be important to them i mean i have a belief that not all these episodes i do are good for the like some people yeah. don't it's not their cup of tea like this is not what they like but i also believe that these people that these episodes or podcasts are meant for like people who love um to to grow people who love to listen to stories people who love listen to good um information so that's what i do it and i appreciate it and i'm glad to hear that that's the same way you took the opportunity you had at the radio you worked on when you're answering that you touched about something i think was anxiety um that you had dealing with that at the time and I've also seen you do the wellness for her pod. And my first question was, do you have a podcast because of the word pod that I saw at the end of it? And what made you start that? Wellness for her is, it's a baby. It's a brainchild of the different versions of myself, but also the different versions of women that I've met on my journey. Okay, I, I know everyone has very independent and everyone has their own kind of background, but my life has been very intense. Actually, I don't think I can ever describe my life as a calm life. No, no, no. It's been extreme. If it's good, it like goes good. And if it's to be bad, I don't believe in things being bad, but things turning out terribly, yeah, they actually take that turn. So... I realized there was like a whole transition, leaving Uganda to go to India and then leaving India to come back to Uganda. There was like, just, not just a cultural shock, but there's never really ways to actually cope with that transition. Mm-hmm. You're also transitioning from a girl into a woman. Fine, they're saying guys out there, they're counselors, but there are certain topics people are just not getting, especially women. And we're looking at women in campus growing with their lives. It could have been me because I had a very wild first year at campus. Very, very wild. And then I realized, oh, shoot, okay, this is my life. I have to actually get grounded. I have to get serious. 
So that's what Wellness for Her is about. It's about helping women and growing with women. Uh, you said you saw the word pod. That mm-hmm. goes two ways. You think a podcast coming up. I'm so excited. Nice. So it's a podcast, but also a pod. You know, they said peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. These are queens in a pod. So we're all women who are in the same community and we just want to grow. We want to see our physical goals being met. We are keeping each other accountable in our finances, our spiritual lives. We are intellectually evolving. We're having the conversations we actually need to have. It's a safe space for all of us to just be more than society has pitched. It's a space for us to be women, women of value, women of culture. And now we're looking at Uganda. We are very indigenous, let's say, I like to call us indigenous and organic women. Because mm-hmm. a lot of what's portrayed on social media is just one side of the scope. And what may be lacking is that young girls in Uganda are not getting to see more of other women out there. Maybe they're seeing one version because that's what the media is pushing. But it's not time to create a community where a lady can say, fine, I'm from Uganda, but I want to be an astrophysicist. Maybe it's not possible in Uganda, but these are the women who know the opportunities to help me get there. It's like no dream is too big or too small or too insignificant. We're just helping each other grow. So that's what Wellness for High is all about. It's a complimentary program from the Sweat campaign, which we launched at the Sukuma Foundation. I'm going to ask you about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm so excited. I'm just getting to it. <laughs> uh, when you were answering that, I saw a big smile on you about and you said about a podcast that's coming up. Um, I don't know if it's something you want to talk about right now, but I get excited when I hear about other people doing a podcast. And it gets me excited because growing up in Uganda, I grew up in Uganda. I moved to the States when I was about 20 years. Um, we didn't have this kind of information for us, like getting to hear people talk about life things. And even the radios would listen to the radios. They have things like, I call it airtime, like this show only runs from seven to this. So you just have a certain amount of time to talk about something. But now yeah. looking at these podcasts that are coming about, are coming out, people have like hours of podcasts talking about mental health, talking about life stories, talking about yeah. I went through this, where somebody comes on the podcast and just talks about the story without rush about time. They exhaust yes. everything. And that's why I like about podcasts because when I watch a TV show or like somebody on TV, they're on there for a short time. But when you go and listen to a podcast, somebody will give you all the behind the scenes and everything that happened and you get to learn more about it. So when somebody is starting a podcast and the more we have these podcasts out there, that's more information coming out there for the people. So are you, are you, is it something you want to talk about for us here and get to know what, what's going to come in, what's coming? <laughs> well, I I love to let people enjoy surprises. Okay. So I don't really tap too much into what the podcast is offering, but I love that you're doing this. I've been following you for a bit. It wasn't for so long, but I'm very also tapped into Ugandan shows, especially by Ugandans in the diaspora, because they're giving a point of view that many of us may not be able to appreciate because we've not left the home base. It's only until I'd gone out that I realized 
okay, like my country is not so bad. Yeah, sure, some people's things are not screwed right somewhere, somehow, but that doesn't throw away the value we have. So I, I really love what you're doing with your state. And information is the biggest asset. We know what we know right now because somebody in 1962, somebody in 1800 decided to just start documenting. So I always look at podcasts as a form of documentation. It's, it's tapping into history, but in real life. Because I know 10 years from now, I'll probably look at this episode, I'll show it to my kids, and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Like, nice yeah, place. I was doing things, girl. I was yeah. there. So I love that. I really love that. I've also got to learn about very prolific people who I respect from this particular podcast and other podcasts that Uganda is. So I love that. And more of them are cropping up every day. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing new podcasts, especially about artists, about creatives, about mental health. And it's very good that we're tapping into our own assets, our own mental assets. Today's episode is sponsored by Dance of Gamers. Dance of Gamers is the leading distributor of video games and other consumer gadgets like the podcast microphone set, ring lights, headphones, and affordable smartwatches, and many other cool gadgets. For these and more, visit their website at www.danceofgamers.co. That is www.thedanceofgamers.co. I'm excited. Um, people, I'm part of the people who wait for the surprise. I love, I love surprises, and I can't wait to see uh, what you have out there. I've, I've followed you too. Um, even these other pages that you have to talk about different things of wellness of her. I know it's for girls, but when sometimes you tap on there and you see some encouragement that was meant for another girl, but as a guy, kind of works for you, so you just pick it up. Um, you also I have, that. <laughs> you have uh, something that stuck out stuck out to me on your know, profiles. Trust your greatness. Um, like for me, when I read stuff like that, it's like you're great in your own way. You might not be like other people, but you're great. Like you're great for you, not for another person. Um, what does that mean for you? Like trust your greatness. You see how you said. You're great. Maybe it may not be like other people. That's exactly what I used to forget. I've been creating ever since I can remember. I am a writer. I have written 18 novels ever, Holy since, cow. ever since I was seven. And I'm just, I'm lucky my mom kept some of those books because I only got home and then I see them and I'm like, I used to write. I had actually forgotten that because there's a way we get to into our heads and you forget that you're actually doing big things and you're actually working hard and with that kind of reflection it just shows me that I actually was doing great things even before the world corrupted me even before I had lost my focus so trusting your greatness is recognizing that within us there is something of a creator that we are connected to and if God is great, even his children, the ones he's created, are equally great. So trusting my greatness also makes me tap into self-sabotage. I am no stranger to that. 
there are so many <laughs> i have this conversation with some of my friends where i say you know i would have been so far in life but like i, I turned this down i turned that down and it's with later with like introspection that i realized like okay it happened for a reason it happened for me to learn and now i know that if i recognize such an opportunity it's up to me to decide to take it or go for it mm-hmm. really those are the options these days but Self-sabotage manifests in so many ways. For us, most of us, it's very subconscious, in a subconscious level. And we have these beliefs that, you know, we're not great people. We can't create things that are worthy or we can't even get rich from creating. So it's those little beliefs that wrap up into this big bubble of self-sabotage. And that makes us forget to believe in our greatness. So for me, that's a reminder. Trust your greatness. It's the reminder for me. That's a mic drop right there. And that's a, that's kind of a, like that's kind of stuff like I love for people to. I can't force people to listen to this kind of stuff, but I'm gonna do my job as me to bring people like you and to talk about these things where the people want to listen. I don't know, but like I I pray and I hope somebody somewhere listens to that and feel encouraged. Um, it's we we're great. Like you're great. There's a lot of things you can do as a person. Like this is for all the people listening. Like there's a lot of things you can do. You might not just have realized them, which you will keep on like finding yourself. And once you get it, you'll be yeah. great in whatever you discover about yourself. And I love this. I love the way I organized my bulletins to have this conversation because every time I ask you a question it leads to my next bulletin that I want to talk about which is the love for God you know like when you're answering that you, you touched about God and I know you, you're a person who loves God uh, before we record this podcast you were at a fellowship uh, praying and praying for God like what, what's that what's your relationship with you and God and how does he intervene with everything you do in your life yeah it's so funny I grew up in a very strong Catholic home and that's my background and it's what brought me close to God I loved the songs for me choir was the highlights highlights I is, there, is there a catholic song you remember i went to a catholic school i went to chisori mapera oh. and there are some catholic songs i don't know if you remember any i don't know I, like see those are the songs like don't in uganda especially capture the essence and yeah. i'm going to talk about this particular song because like my worst but we used to sing it every day. I was in the Magunga Primary Boarding School. So every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, there is church. So we had this song called Abagawa Mwena. Abagawa Mwena. Oh, God. It would piss me off so much. <laughs> like, guys, please, let's get another song. But when I was really fighting for my life, it was one of the songs that popped up and i think listening to it because i was in a dark room at the time i had really forgotten god i didn't have a strong like relationship personal relationship with him while growing up in high school i i went to church countable number of times i can actually count the number of times i went to church during high school because it was not compulsory so i was really like ah you why why should I suffer and go to church, please? I'm lazy. 
So I had so many friends who would try to convert me or save me. And they'll say, Rian, you need to get saved. You know, you're, you're wasting your life. What? You, all this cool shit. It's not cool. And I'm like, guys, when God wants to talk to me, he'll do the thing. But right now, I'm not understanding. And I got saved like eight times. <laughs> like, because my friends would drag me and like, let's go to church, let's go to church. Yeah. Until finally, one day I, it actually took time. You know, the, the thing about stories is that they don't highlight the fact that these things take time. It mm-hmm. actually takes time for you to develop into the person that you are today. So each day I started seeing more of God in my life. Some things would happen and I'd literally stop and say, wow wow is this real i'm like okay so last year on december 26 25th december christmas day at 2 a.m i got an asthma attack and while my dad was crossing the bridge to go into town remember it's 2 a.m hospitals are okay not really open but luckily there was this clinic in ginger that was open and I was literally fighting for my life. I could not breathe. I was I was literally begging for air. Imagine having so much air accessible that you can't breathe. And I I said, you know those things you say like God, if I get through this, I swear I'm doing it. <laughs> so I'm I got through it. So I actually got through it and the next day um some things happened that showed me I really needed to get serious. I was not living with a more intense purpose in life. And that's when I really started studying my relationship with God. I said, I don't want to tap into some pseudo idea of who you are. Talk to me and show me who you are. And that's all God wants from us. It's like, you ask me, ask and you shall receive. You receive whatever it is you want. So, of course, I had to tap into spiritual communities. I never want to lose my African identity. So, I had to go back to study God in Africa. God in Busoga. How do the Busoga receive God? And then I see that, okay, this all contributes. These are all, this, is, this information is contributing to the beliefs I've carried about God. Then also, being a Catholic that contributed then also tapping into the Indian spirituality. I was in India for three years, so I created some sort of perception of God basing off the people who are around me. So I had to study all of that. I still study it. Each day is like a new experience. And I say, okay, yesterday was like this, but today God gave me the chance to see you in a different light. And like they say, God is in us. Mm-hmm. It took a lot for me to stop hating the person I used to see in the mirror. And I feel when I accepted that God created me for a reason, for a purpose, not even in a cliche sense of the word, it's like I am a special person. There are 8 billion people out there, but there's this little speck that <laughs> is so cute. It's called yeah. Rian and God's child. So. Yeah, I, is, I love that where I am. Um, that is amazing. And I like the way you broke it down. I like the way you answered it. Um, there is a lot of talent in you. Like, even the, some of the, 
even the things I had down that I already know, there's a lot of more other things I've learned about you that the world doesn't know. And this is the cool part about having a conversation with somebody because a lot of people, and this is done a lot in Uganda, we have a perception of somebody, we make it up in our head. But you've not really taken time to just sit down with them and they open up themselves to you, tell you about, you'll learn a lot about a person having a conversation with them than you creating a narrative in your head about it. And I'm glad I have these conversations with people and get to learn about them. So I'm thank you for, for sharing that. And I, I also hope there's somebody out there that I've listened to that or is listening to that. Like they really strangle us. I feel we miss out on so much because of those chosen to perceive people. I I used to do that a lot. Even perceiving myself. The perceptions we have of ourselves are usually reflections of what we think people are thinking about us. But I always tell myself, people I'm going through so much mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, to care about what you're doing. Like, yeah. yes, it's not like they're not going to regard it, they'll respect it, but don't hold your whole existence at a focal point of not embracing who you are mm-hmm. or not embracing the gifts God has given you just because of perceptions. Mm-hmm. Perceptions strip us of our existence. I have created a lot of projects. I actually have friends who are pissed at me because I refuse to put out projects because I was scared. I'm like, oh God, what if it's not good? Or what if people don't like it? But, but just do it. Just, just do, it. do it. Just like Nike. Yeah, so, just do it. Exactly. <laughs> I actually want a Nike ambassadorship deal. So I think you, you say you want or you. I want one. Like, I'm manifesting it. I know the person who got one. I, do you know Akech Joy Winnie? Yes. I hosted her on the podcast, and she was talking about the, how she landed the, the, with Nike and the whole experience. That was cool. Um, I don't know if you checked that episode out. You should check it out. I'll send it to you. Um, she talks about her journey and how, how she got the deal with Nike. And it's going to happen. Maybe next time when I have you on the podcast, we'll be talking about Nike's deal with you and... Sometimes in life, you gotta go for what what you, what you want and what you want. Manifest it and go for it. Just do it. I'm not gonna try to make you to keep you here for the whole day, but um, we're coming close to an end. But this is where I wanted us to talk about the sweat campaign um, that you've been doing, and also the home workout videos. How did you tap into like working out and body working out? I know you've post reels about home workouts and helping people get their body straight and what pushed you into the to tap into that? I know you nothing pushed you. You're just talented. You just talented. You do everything, but like, how did you get into that space? Well, during COVID, gyms were closed, and most of us were indoors. So everyone is looking for ways to release. And I'm a person who just can't sit down for long. I don't like it. I don't believe in being dormant, especially if you can move and you're breathing because there's somebody out there that wants what you have. So I started working out. I started yoga. I actually got a streak of 280 days consistent workout. And I hadn't realized it before, but by the end of those 280 days, I kept a log and I realized I had completely transformed. Like, Completely, I was unrecognizable even to myself. My 
my friends were like, who is this new person? I, I was feeling good. I looked good. I was thinking good. I, I was just in a very good space. And that's mostly because of the workouts. So I decided to, well, okay, during the classes, the Sukuma classes, uh, dance classes are very cardio-like and aggressive. I love to think of them as a challenge, like you show up and fight for your body. But that's cardio. Now, body toning needs a mod where you get to shape up. And those are the reels I make. They're for the ladies that come for our classes. And now they need something like an early morning burst of energy or just to, you know, prepare the abs for the day. Yeah. Yeah, as if I was such a, like, you don't do anything for us, the guys. Or we can still use the same. <laughs> yeah, you can use the same because exercise is universal. That's what I love That's about true. it. It's universal. But it's because I'm a woman. I know what women need. I know mm-hmm. what we need to touch up. And, uh, so yeah. That's why I don't center it on what I'm aware of. I'm not a big fan of gyms. Um, it just makes me too lazy to just get up and go to the gym. So I did a home workout. Um, so I have this. I don't know if you heard of the Peloton, the Peloton bike. And so in the USA, there's a Peloton bike that they make. Um, it has a screen, and then there's instructors there, like, and then they guide you through what you're doing. They tell you, hey, uh, increase your speed, your cadence, your level, this, this. But they also have, like, workout videos, like what you do on the reels where you in your house, they'll show you what to do, do this, do that, do that. So I've been doing that, and I found that pretty cool. Like, sometimes because of the work schedule, like business, you don't really get a lot of time to drive to the gym. Like, the nearest gym from my house is far away, and by the time you're like, oh, let me go to the gym. Like, nah. But if I'm in my house, yeah. it's easier. So I think it's easier to tap into those home workouts and uh, um, use them and because they, they are really really good so before we go into the miss uganda i know you touched a little bit how you ended up in miss uganda uh through your sister you kind of gave us um a beginning part of it there's two quotes that i want to bring about um here one of them and they're all from your 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 instagram one of one of them says could not dance when you had the health and could hear the music could be the biggest regret of your life (laughs) <laughs> so like in Zevambi, I, I only have like two dance moves in my life. Like once I do those, I'm done. Because if you were there, but no, that's just a joke. But like that for <laughs> me, I'm not a professional dancer or anything, but I can put on music, I can shake my body east, west, south, north, and that's dance as long as you can move. But what does that mean to you when you say to not dance when you have health and the music and you could hear the music could be the biggest regret? Well, most of the quotes I share are actually not the self. I feel like as creators, our expression is outward. It's, It's me to me, but outside of me. So most of the messages I put out are basically advice to myself. So being a dancer, especially perceived in Uganda, it is received by some people as something of unseriousness. They'll tell you you're wasting your time or you're being lewd, you're being sexually suggestive, yet you're basically just expressing. You're expressing what's going on inside and most people don't want to honor the human experience. They really don't. That's 
an issue I've found with some members of our society. But it's also just a reminder to myself because there were moments when I wanted to give up on dance because I was scared of maybe not making it into certain rooms or certain spaces. The thing is, if God has given you a talent and you're not using it, you have to account for that one way or another. So when I put up that quote, it was really a reminder to myself and to the person who saw it that this is not even just about dance, but it's about talking. Use your voice, use your body, use your mind to do things that actually impact the next person. You will regret it. All the stories I've listened to or read of people on their deathbeds, it's things like, when I was 15, I didn't do this. When I was 28, I didn't do that. When I was 40. So it's like, I really don't want that to be a part of my narrative. Mm-hmm. I want to live out loud so that when we get to that day, it's really a matter of, I did that. Yeah. That is cool. That is cool. And one of my biggest, not my biggest fear, but one of the things I don't like in life is regret. I don't want to regret. I live my life to be like, I want to be content with what I'm doing. Like, I want to know I did the best I could do. Don't leave room for regretting. I wish I could have done this. Just do what you can do. It doesn't mean that you're going to get everything. But as long as you're content in your heart that I did the best I could do. Be a guy, never guy. You're happy. I'm happy. Like, 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 I, I did, I did my part. I did what I could do. But like, when you have that, I, sh- I could have done this. I could have done. Then that's the worst part. But like, once you're content, like, yes, I did my best. The other one. Dave, and that's what wellness mm-hmm. is all about, actually. Because yeah. at the Sukuma Foundation, we have three core values, which is ice, integrity, pure personalis, where we care for the whole being, and excellence. So some days you may not feel like showing up to class. But by the time you've entered that room, you know why you're here. You know what you have to do. You know why you're pushing. So do it to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. So I I stand with that too. It's like one of those laws, unsaid laws in life. We just know right. if I'm showing up to this conversation, you have my full attention. I'm giving you all of me right now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I love and, about and that. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too. And one of the, your biggest... I think I want to say fine, but like I think Fiona. Fiona is part of the Sukuma class. Fiona Kemi. Is oh, it? Yes. She's not actually part of Sukuma. We met at an Afro fitness Luchiko. Okay. African feed by patients. She invited us and she was moderating the panel, yeah. the panel of wellness speakers. And I was just doing a dance fitness session. And I meet her and I was She's, she's amazing. I've had her on the podcast too. Talk about she's she's amazing. All of them, those three, I've got a guy that's blessed me that I've interviewed Fiona Prim and Claire, both the ladies on Unpopular Opinion. They're, they're so amazing. They're, they're different in, to Uganda for real. Exactly. They're different in what they do, but then when they come together, then they make this trio that's and uh, un, un, unbeatable. All right, for the favorite part where everybody I hope so. Everybody is interested to hear about your journey in Miss Uganda. I was following it, like I said in the beginning. I had friends. I knew a lot of people in there. Um, I've got, through this podcast, I've got connected to how Miss Uganda because I hosted 
Oliver Nakakande on the podcast who was a Miss Uganda yeah. in 2019, 2020, something like that. Yeah. Um, I've hosted Joram Mozilla Job on the podcast and Love all it. the people. And so I've been close to what you guys were doing. And during this run, I was following it, uh, following you guys from afar, sharing on you, all of you guys. What was your experience like in your journey of Miss Uganda? I'm just, I'm not going to pick out anything. I'm just going to let you go with it. Your whole experience through the whole process. It was really magical to be, actually it is magical because I'm living that, that reality right now. It is magical to be a queen and actually have people call you a queen. Yeah. So, ah, I was surprised, you know, after the Miss Uganda East regionals, I wasn't expecting to win. I won't lie to you. Most of the things I go in, I go with this thing of, yeah, I'm getting it. It is a Ghana. I'm taking this home. But for that one, I just want like, this is just another of those things we're doing this year that are going to be different from what we did last year. So let's go for it. All right. And we get the win and it's like, yo, wow, okay. My parents were very happy. They actually, they didn't attend. I didn't tell anyone apart from my little sister. She's the only one that knew. So by the time the wind came in, they had to travel like at night at 11. Yeah. It was 11.50. That's when they came. So it was really an experience of learning that you're actually loved and supported. People, I'm just grateful to my friends, my family, the people I didn't know that were voting, the ones that I knew. Everyone would just call you and they're like, we're voting for you, Rian. We love you. We care for you. And it's like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, I'm really not alone in this. So they really came through with my designer, personal stylist, Aisha Iwese from Banana Video. That's where we met. She mm. styled me throughout the competition. I was popping, thanks to yeah. her. <laughs> it was very nice to test uh, that kind of life we've seen it on tv before but actually be a part of the experience mm-hmm. is a whole other different thing and it's also about elevation as a woman seeing how miss uganda has impacted my wellness journey it gave me a chance for clarity like okay this is what i really want to do with my life these are the people i want to work with these are the communities i want to engage with so those 30 days in the boot camp for me, I guess will carry on for a lifetime. Most people say, oh, you didn't win the crown. Sorry, try again next year. But it's like, no, hey, we got what we wanted. We got what we needed from this experience. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. I'm also proud of Hannah, our queen. She's a very good girl. She was my bedmate in the bootcamp. So (laughs) it was big for me to see her get to that level for real that was that was amazing like i said i mean we didn't get the full experience of the boot camp we would see just pictures they post on the instagram but it looked cool too like to see all of you guys together bonding together and one thing like for me i think i'm I'm thinking and it could have been the same thing for all of you guys like one thing that you get out of that is the relationship you make with other girls in there connecting with people these are the relationship like you said you're gonna have for the rest of your life these are people you're gonna meet and stay with that um making friends has been a big part of my life of like the friends i've met in school wherever you go have been part of my life and like they help you somehow and you touched on the part of like voting like i wasn't 
in Miss Mr. Uganda or anything, but like my podcast was nominated in like Pals as a podcast. Pals, yeah. Congratulations about that, by the way. Thank you. But the experience you're talking about, like seeing my family back home, just like encouraging everybody to vote, my friends, my cousin from all over, my friends, and you know, it was open for the whole world to vote. Like my friends from Mexico, my friends from Canada, my friends from uh, Germany, they were all like, hey, we're going to vote for you. We're going to vote for you. Even those who don't listen to my podcast are like, we want to see you win. And like, they, so that, experiencing that, you know, that a lot of people are caring for you, it's a win itself. Like, even if I didn't, I mean, I got the award, but like, even if I had not got the award, I would have still, yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way like, I got the award, but I got more than just the award. Like, knowing that people care and people love and it's quite a cool experience so i'm glad that will happen for you and i know there's a lot of wins you're gonna have for you in life like it could be different it could be anything like a lot of things you've done you're doing you're already winning yeah. and you're already a winner oh thank you thank you so, amen to that the yeah really now th that nike thing is gonna come with no time just wait <laughs> just wait Amen. so so we're coming we're, we're gonna uh wrap this up but i have three questions i ask people before we end this episode and one of it is like what are, what's the life lesson you've learned in life to this point it's not that deep everything is happening with us you know people say oh this happened too this happened to me or this happened to us no it's happening with us we're just progressing in life like i said it's a journey and when we stop being too about ourselves we're able to be better humans so mm -hmm. the message to myself to myself at 10 years old to myself at 20 to myself at 30 i'll probably say it's not that deep. Take a deep breath and whatever you're fussing about is really going to evaporate in no time. Change is the only constant as far as life is concerned. So getting fixated and attached to all the beautiful things or the ugly things or the nasty things, it doesn't do much. Just experience it and let it go. That's good. And I hope, again, when I say I hope you listen, because it means deep for me, and I hope another person listening will, will feel the same way. What gets you excited about life? A very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I was doing a life audit, planning and seeing how best we are going to enjoy this next 365 days. And I came across the prompt, are you excited about the life you lead? And I straight out said, that's so interesting. I've never thought of life as exciting. <laughs> I used yeah. to just think of it like, okay, life, you know? So I, I would say it's breathing. I've yeah. learned to, to get comfortable breathing. At first, you know I have asthma. had asthma. I have a, a historic past with asthma. Mm -hmm. So I used to always fantasize about being able to breathe better maybe i get an attack and it's like i can't breathe like oh god <laughs> help me so 
lately it's just being excited to breathe, being excited not to have issues with not being able to breathe. So really, yeah, every moment is exciting now. I can't pinpoint. That's a very difficult question to answer, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I picked it. That's why I have those three questions I ask everybody, those questions, because I know it's tricky, but that's a good thing out of it because I want, like, not, like, to make anybody fail, pass or fail, but, like, it's, it makes me think, too, like, to listen to what somebody else has said. Um, the final question, yeah. and this is the signature question of the podcast. Who would you like to see on my podcast next as a guest? And you're going to help me to bring this person on the podcast. Oh, amazing. Oh, there's so many people I believe deserve this space. But I'm going to go with the CEO of Sukuma Foundation, Dr. Jofram Jisha who is a medical doctor and is one of the major movers and shakers in the wellness industry in Uganda. I believe our country can benefit a lot from you having a conversation with him. And I can't wait to get him onto the podcast. That's amazing. Uh, excites me. Uh, and that's what has kept me going. Ever since I came up with a signature question, when I when yeah. I said the podcast, I was just telling my story, but I was like, "There's a lot of people out there that have cool stories that I want to tap yeah. into." And, you know, like so. When I gave actually the the reason why I started the podcast was to share my story, my experience, what I've been through, and where God has taken me in life. And then after like three episodes, I was like, "That's enough. That's just done." Sorry, I said now what? <laughs> so like when I said that, so way after that, I host somebody, and then somebody after doing with somebody, I'm like. Who would you like to recommend? And that has kept me going. And there are some people who just reach out, uh, like, hey, I want an opportunity to be on the podcast. And that's what I'm here for. I'm like, let's do it. Let's talk. And I love this because it's something I'm doing for myself and for other people. Because even when I told you I want you on a podcast, I didn't tell you what I'm going to ask you. I didn't tell you. I said, I want to have a conversation with you. And I don't do yeah. that where, like, hey, Practices questions. That's what I'm gonna ask you. I just want <laughs> conversation. I want us to be able to. You know, Bonnie. What's so funny is I was actually thinking about that last night. I was like, should I prepare? What should I do? But like, they're gonna ask me about me. Yeah. Do I have to research about me. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I tell people. Like, it's stuff about you that you've done. Like you know, like even if somebody woke you up from the sleep, you know about yourself. So there's nothing Definitely. really hard about it. And I also thought that I, I used to be scared of interviews. I I would shake. Like I would no, I don't wanna. But I feel like when somebody calls me to talk, have a conversation, I feel at home, I feel at peace. I don't feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't re I didn't practice that question. He it's the one that's gonna ask next. You know, like you always think about that. And like as a host, yeah, I have like a bunch of questions that I'm gonna ask him. Like, I wouldn't be paying attention to what you're saying. I'll be like, what what other question do I have to ask here? What other question am I gonna ask next? But here yeah. you me time to listen to what you're saying and actually pick from what you're saying to lead me to the next question or something like that. That's the beautiful part about conversations. There's a lot of open, grounded space to work mm -hmm. with. 
And sometimes I fear to engage in conversations with people because I feel like we'll be there for five hours. I know. <laughs> have questions. It's like, so what happens next? And exactly. how has this made you know about this? I always want to know. So I get that. And this is what I appreciate about this podcast. And I hope that Wellness for Her pod will also impact people's lives the way yours is going. There's so many people I would have recommended for the next episodes. But I'm sure you'll be here for some good time. So I'll be just standing <laughs> we, in the next like <laughs> We're not going anywhere. We're here. Um, and yeah, that's a, you touched about the part about holding people for so long. When I started, I wanted to keep my podcast for like 30 minutes. But I was like, I'm not having a good conversation in 30 minutes. I'm like, so I was worried about if people would be able to sit and listen through the whole hour. But I'm like, if somebody can't, then that's not meant for them. Like I listen to podcasts like an hour. I know it's long, but like yeah. sometimes if I if I have to do something, I'll pause it, go do whatever I gotta do, come back to it. So I'm like, I'm not gonna limit somebody's conversation because of time and so Yeah, and time is on your social construct, so there's yeah. a lot we can walk mm. around in that particular aspect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm not going to prolong this to keep you again here for another hour, but I appreciate your time. Um, I tell people that when somebody gives you part of their time, it's like giving you part of their life because a lot you could have done in this hour. Um, so I appreciate that and I don't take it for granted. So thank you. I definitely appreciate you too, Bonnie. And thank you for holding this space. I want to ask the person who's watching this to join me for the SWEAT campaign, Sukuma Wellness Experience for Active Transformation. There is so many aspects of our lives that are out of balance and they make us feel like maybe life doesn't make sense. I've been there. I've been on that suicidal side of the bed, but it doesn't have to be. Life is so fulfilling. And I believe that enrolling in a program like hours will give you the chance to see it from a different point of view also if you love to dance we hold classes sukuma dance classes every tuesday thursday and friday they find us at kavira country club and monday and wednesday we are at speak apartments so yeah that is my message so i'll make sure put this up there on my social media thank you very much and let's stay connected Definitely. Take care. All right. Bye. Hey there. Uh, this is Bonnie Kibuka, the host of the Ugandan Boy Talk Show. Thanks for watching and listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and recommend somebody to this podcast. Don't forget to leave a feedback on this podcast because that's how we grow. And also don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and comment. Join us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much and be blessed.